the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's great to be with you today as we are each and every day on Southern California Live from 3 to 5 p.m. We look at today's issues in the news and around the country and in the church, anywhere there are issues, where there are always issues. We look at those things from a Christian and biblical perspective. And in just a minute, we're going to be joined by Pastor Jack Hibbs to talk about some very important matters that voters need to understand. One of the things that happens, this happens in any election, is that people who are running for office or people who are promoting different things that are propositions on the ballot, for example, they will promote them with a certain spin that often is very inaccurate or designed to fool you into voting one way or another. There's a lot of different ways that happens. And early voting makes it even worse because you don't often hear both sides of an argument until late October. And by then you've already voted. Maybe half the audience has already voted. Well, we don't want to do that. We want to be on the ball. And this is very important where we have some very important issues on the ballot. Proposition one is being presented as an amendment to the California Constitution that would simply codify California's current laws related to abortion. But this is not correct. That's what's being said. It is not correct. It's a big deal. We want you to understand what Proposition 1 actually does. And with me to help explain this is Pastor Jack Hibbs. Jack Hibbs is the senior and founding pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, and the host of Real Life Radio. Pastor Jack, thanks for joining us today on Southern California Live. Listen, Scott, thanks for having me. And I want to commend you for your boldness, because uh, this particular uh, effort to stop Prop 1 has struck a nerve. And um, so I'm grateful for you. Well, thank you, Jack. I'm thankful for what you're doing. Hey, Jack, help us understand this, because... In some way, this is not your typical pro-life versus pro-choice argument, is it? No, it's not, Scott. And as I'm going to explain it right now, there is a high probability of your listeners not believing it. So Mm. I'm going to say that up front right now. And how do I know this? Because the more pastors I talk to, the greater reach that we have in California. In fact, I, I was late getting to you a moment ago, because they were just on a national broadcast regarding Prop 1, and they can't believe it. And here it is. That Gavin Newsom and his uh, Democrat majority in Sacramento, they anticipated the Roe v. Wade being overturned, and they were not going to wait around and, and get caught off guard. So what they did is they crafted quite a while ago, Scott, what is now known as Proposition 1. So, in other words, they were gearing up to enshrine uh, this act. And I'm, I'm not even calling it abortion. It's abortion plus. How about that? Abortion plus. Yeah, because. I think people need to understand, right, that they're what they're saying is they're just codifying existing law, but that's not true. You're exactly correct. This is what it is. It's abortion uh, 
not only up until birth, but it's also known as birthday abortion. You say, what does that mean? On the day of the baby's birth, the baby can still be denied life. And here's what they've learned. And you you may remember this. In AB 2223, mm-hmm. uh, the Democrat legislature got busted in Sacramento. I led 3,000 people at the steps there uh, making this public that um, perinatal. This particular abortion, this stuff, perinatal, means infanticide. And the Democrat Party told us, no, it doesn't. Right. Well, lo and behold, it did. Well, they got too much in the details, Scott, in 2223. So what they did with Prop 1, now the devil is not in the details. They've left it very vague so that the mother can decide to exterminate the child's life even after birth. Here it comes, everybody. Listen for it. And this Proposition 1, if passed, ties the hands of law enforcement. There can be no investigation, and there, can, and there does not have to be a coroner's report filed if a child is found dead seven days after birth, 12 days after birth, three hours after birth. There's no accountability whatsoever. It is literally hard to believe. No state in our nation's history has ever had the gall to do what Newsom and his people are doing now with Prop 1. It is, uh, you know, you talk about it being hard to believe, and one of the things that we've done here on our program is we wanted to let people know, and I'll send it to you if you want to send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. There are medical journals' writings about post-abortion, post-birth abortion, okay? There is the idea that basically any any child that is, any reason for abortion before birth is the same reasons still apply even after birth up to, you know, 30 days or something, uh, maybe even longer. This is not some weird fringe internet group of people. This is actually discussed in medical journals, and I can send you those articles if you want. Prop 1, how does Prop 1 in enshrine late-term abortions like you're describing, um, because they're saying it doesn't. They're saying it just codifies existing California law. Existing California law says that once the child is viable, which is around 24 weeks, a late-term abortion cannot be done except for life of the mother or extreme circumstances. Yeah, so Scott, you know this well. When Roe v. Wade was overturned, did it change the abortion laws of California? Not at it all. It did not. Not at all. Roe v. Wade had nothing to do didn't apply in California because we were a state that was already wired that way. So what's going on right now is the question should be asked by every thinking Californian. Why, why codify, why amend the state constitution and enshrine forever abortion to the extreme, abortion plus, birthday abortion? Why? What's the deal? What's going on? What is the agenda I think, correct me, Scott, if I'm wrong, I've been traveling, uh, but I think Newsom signed something like 11 or 12 uh, bills into law that um, all have to do with abortion and uh, what they call predict, per, productive rights. That's right, right? right. reproductive Product- rights. There were 12, 12 or 13, I think, yesterday. Yeah, doesn't that sound nice, reproductive rights? Gee, who's... Who's not, who's not for reproductive rights? Right. Well, for crying out loud, it means anything but that. That's what Californians need to wake up about. And I'm afraid, Scott, that they just don't see it. I don't know what our problem is, but the the words and the crafting of these bills, and it's going to appear on the ballot where, oh, that's nice. 
maybe I should vote yes on that, when in reality you are actually doing the opposite of a biblical worldview. God says, speak up for those who have no voice to those who are destined to be crushed. I mean, think of that. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 1 says, Woe unto those who craft uh, laws that bring mayhem upon the people. This is it. So the only thing that we can do, Scott, is what you and I need to shout from the rooftop, vote no on Prop 1. Go to StopProp1.com. StopProp1.com. Find out everything you can. Tell your friends. Show them videos. But this is something where if pastors and Christians don't get with it, and, and, and do righteousness now regarding this. You said it nine days away, 10 days away, we're going to start voting. That's right. My goodness, Scott, if we lose this opportunity to do righteousness, I fear with Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson said, I fear that the wrath of God will not sleep forever. I don't know what's going to happen if pastors don't speak up from every pulpit in this state regarding Prop 1. I think people need to understand the truth, including pastors who, you know, when it's being presented as we're just codifying California law, which is what's typically presented, you feel like, well, we're we're not going to win this vote and it won't really change anything. But I think people need to understand that there are a lot of things that this implicates. But the biggest thing is, in fact, most Californians actually don't agree with what's being proposed. Up to 80 percent of Californians, even pro-choice liberal Democrats, do not agree with late-term abortions. (laughs) They do not agree. They think that that is the evil. I mean, people will we have agreement actually in the state. And what I think is happening right is that they're pushing something on our state and pretending they're not doing that. But they are something that we would not vote for if it was clear. Well, Scott, thank you very much, because you just quoted our own Rasmussen poll that we did not too long ago. And you're right. Just over 79 percent of uh, voters, that's Democrat that's or Republican. Right. Now, remember, you got to remember in California, 79% of the voter is heavily Democrat. That's correct. The Democrats, the voting Democrat uh, citizens said, wait a minute, that's too far. Prop one is too extreme. When it was explained to them in the Rasmussen poll that we commissioned, 79% of California voters said, no way. That's right. And I think that's something for for churches or people who are in favor of life to be able to say even to their their pro-choice friends to say, hey, this is not about legalizing abortion. This is about ending the life of children in the last trimester up to the point of birth. And you're not for that, are you? Like, where do we I think it's an opportunity for us to say, where are we going to draw this line? Isn't this a place we can all agree to draw the line? And I, I think that's a big deal for our state right now, and we need to know that's what this is about. Well, Scott, again, I so appreciate you, because think of the jurisdiction of your broadcast right now. Think of the reach yeah. that your show has, and, and Los Angeles is one of the epicenters, supposedly, of the big Democrat vote, right? You've got that's right. you've got San Francisco, you've got Oakland, you've got uh, San Diego, you've got Los Angeles, which is massive. So here's the deal. If, if a Democrat's listening right now, or if somebody knows a Democrat, you've got to bring this up to them about Prop 1. And you've got to ask them, it's okay, if you want to be a Democrat, it's a free country. But do you think this is right? Do you think that killing a baby at the time of birth is acceptable. And then not only, not only that, 
but to then make it the law. Mm-hmm. Are you really okay with that? And if people go and vote, if they just go out and vote one issue, and it's this one, hey, we'll take it. I think God might, I think God might show mercy. I think God might step in. I think God always moves with a few. But this is something where we've got a benefit, as you so rightly pointed out, nearly 80% of people think it's wrong. Here's my passion, Scott. Will you please, people, go and vote? Will you register to vote? Will you go and vote? Will you start voting now? And here's the deal. People are saying, Scott, to me, Pastor Jack, I'm with you all the way, but the cheat is so big in California, my vote won't count. Well, guess what? Let's say it is. I'm not going to say it is, but let's just say it is. If everybody got out and voted, no matter how big the cheat would be, they can't stop when the vote is that big. That's right. If if everybody did the right thing by voting, there is nobody that can cheat enough to pull it off. That's right. We would win. Righteousness would prevail. Babies would be saved. And God might smile once again, maybe, on California if we did the right thing. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. My guest is Pastor Jack Hibbs. We're talking about Proposition 1. Proposition 1 is being presented as an amendment to the California Constitution that would simply codify California's current laws related to abortion. But this is not true. It, and uh, many newspapers, and we, we've talked about people on the left and people who might normally vote in favor of abortion candidates, that they are even asking questions. Why didn't you include these restrictions on late-term abortions, on viability, on things that are already in liberal California left-wing law? Why, why do you think those things, Jack, were not included? It seemed like a simple thing to do, an easy argument to make. Oh, we're just codifying current law. Why did they leave it out? I think they left it out because they've got an agenda that uh, is, is one that, for them, vagueness is power because they have such a stronghold on these positions of power that they have figured in their minds that for them to enshrine this, they don't want people to find out about it. They don't want people to know about it. And so well, let's make it as vague as possible because we already know how we're going to interpret this. And we'll, we'll spin it to the people as though it's palatable and it's just, and it's just codifying our present day laws. When in reality, that's not true. And right. you said it right. They are lying and they do not. They're, look, they're banking on you not questioning their statement. They're banking on you trusting them. And if we look under the hood, we're going to find out that it's rat infested and something's got to be done about it. So this is a tremendous it's, it's not just politics in California. Um, it's almost as a, a sleight of hand, a magician's act is what we're looking at in the presentation of Prop 1. Yeah, and, you know, I, I went to the to the yes side and check, checked it out to see if they even address it. And they do have one statement about it. Current law mentions time constraints for an abortion. This is what they say, but Prop, Prop 1 does not. Why? And this is what they say. They say that viability, which is what the state law says. Now, if you look anywhere, anywhere in California law, anywhere what people say, viability is 24 weeks. It's it's very well established. They say it's very complex. It's different for each pregnancy. It's best to be evaluated in the context of a trusted relationship, parent Mm -hmm. and clinician. And then they say we must all work to combat misinformation and disinformation about reproductive health care, not abortion, because I don't want to say that word, 
Uh, statements about, and then they say, abortion until birth are unscientific and crafted to polarize and politicize the conversation about abortion. What people need to understand is this is abortion up until birth. That's exactly what it is. It's not convoluted. Right. It's not complex. That's what this is. Yeah, it's amazing. I love how you put that because, number one, to start out with, they're muddying up the water. But the funny thing is their argument uh, when they say it's not this, well, that's exactly what it is. Right. And they're saying that it's what hilarious. You, and they're saying and you're spreading misinformation. And, you know, that's the, the key thing today. Right. Isn't it? Uh, well, we want to well, be. You know, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because for them, the truth is misinformation. Isn't it amazing? The Bible says in the last days, good will be evil, evil, evil will be good, light will be dark, dark will be light. Well, for them, oh, that's misinformation. When you talk to them, it doesn't even equate to them. When you when you speak or debate the issue with them, uh. They are. They will accuse me of the very thing that they're doing, but they don't see it on them when they wear it. Well, there's, they project it. It's absolutely yeah. remarkable, convoluted thinking. Well, we've said a lot on this program that these things that really don't make a lot of sense. It's because it is spiritual, and this Amen. is a, this is an attack. This is a spiritual attack, and we need to look at it that way and have compassion on people who are deceived, and right. and realize that the they that you're talking about in California is actually a very small number. And we, we need to understand that we can clarify what is accurate and ask Californians to draw a line, even people who are completely pro-choice and have always been on that side to really say, do you really believe that for any reason at all, uh, an unborn child can be, can the life can be taken away right up until the moment of birth? Do you really believe that for any reason? Not life, not extreme reasons, but just because I decided I don't want to have a baby anymore. Well, I, I tell you, brother, well said. And um, on our staff at church, we've got a beautiful family who their baby was born at 22 weeks. And yes. that baby was was one of the miracles, you know, the, that's a, that 22 weeks, 23 weeks. That's insane. That little guy now is running around church. He's five years old. and He's absolutely perfect. Me, on the other hand, I'm 64 years old, but I, I'm a survivor of a failed abortion. And so people might say, well, you know, that's you weren't viable. Well, wait a minute. Viable to who? My dad didn't want me and my mom was terrified to keep me. So who determines what viable is? Right. I, I thought I thought we live in an age when, when a 22-week-old kid could be born. He's the size of a Barbie doll, and that kid can survive? Who determines viability but God only? And that's the problem. People are stepping in, and they're pretending to be a God and make determinations for this great state. But we, the people, must know science. We must know what is ethical, and we must know what's biblical. And we just need to act on that trinity of truth. And, Scott, if we do that, I think God's going to honor our efforts to do the right thing. But God help us if we sit silent. I agree, Jack. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. My guest is Jack Hibbs. And, Jack, another side of this, and in just the last uh, minute or two here we've got, is that California is also, and we're the only state, I believe, doing this, of 49. We are moving to 
um, bring people from other states where abortions might be restricted. Mm-hmm. All states, I think they're restricted in this way, okay, um, mm-hmm. to come here and have abortions where taxpayers will pay for it, although yep. we might be reimbursed by insurance and other things. What's the motive for that? Why, why would taxpayers pay for people to have uh, these abortions done in our state? Yeah, well, number one, you're talking about SB 107. Number two, if taxpayers knew what Sacramento was doing with SB 107, they probably wouldn't allow it. That's right. And SB 107 is this. Again, Scott, your, your listeners are going to think I'm nuts. If this bill passes in California, it's sitting on the governor's desk. If it sits long enough, it automatically goes into law. So here's the deal. If there's a 14-year-old girl, 14-year-old girl in Louisiana, she's pregnant, or she wants to have a gender alteration procedure, either surgically or by hormones, she wants to become a boy, she can run away from home without parental consent. She can leave home. She can get on a Greyhound bus or an airplane. California, I'll pay for it. Scott and I, we're going to pay for it. She's going to be put up here in the state she's going to go through her process while her parents are calling the fbi trying to find out where their daughter is and she'll be in california having hormonal replacement to become a boy or or something else genital mutilation or surgery and who in this state has ever thought that california or any state would pass a law that would reach its tentacles with its murderous agenda into 49 other states to tell a kid, hey, you want to, do you want to come to California? Yeah. It won't cost you a dime. Just sneak out of the house. Your parents don't need to know. This, this is above and beyond parental notification. You don't have to say a word to them. Come on, we'll take care of you. There this are, is insane. This is insane. But this is, this is going on. There is a attack on parents and all kinds of different... Uh, realms and different subjects, and maybe Jack will have you on another time to talk about uh, those issues a little bit further. People in California, if you're a voter, you're going to get your ballot in the mail in nine days or thereabouts. You'll be able to vote right away. Do not, do not just toss that thing aside or think my vote doesn't count. It does count. There's no excuse for not voting in California right now. And if you're not registered, you can register all the way up till the 24th of October. Please do that. Uh, Jack, for for prop one for people maybe who just tuned in can we explain it again just just very simply what does a yes vote mean for prop one what does a no vote mean for prop one and why are we asking people to vote no yes enshrines in the california state constitution that a baby can be murdered after birth up to and after birth undesignated time after birth a no vote will kill it a no vote sends a message where our state constitution will not be amended so that we do not enshrine abortion murder into our state law and you can find out more about that and let everybody know by going to stop prop one the number one dot com stop prop one dot com and if people who think that this is too far, and clearly our reputation pulse says so, uh, you must vote, as Scott is saying. You've got to register. You've got to vote. Don't sit it out. Don't sit this one out. Right. This is for everything. And you need to know, even if you're pro-choice, you're on that side, a no vote doesn't end abortion. It just keeps it the same as it right. is, and it keeps restrictions on the late-term abortions as they are currently 
in our state, and you need to know that. Pastor Jack Hibbs, thank you for being on our program today on Southern California Live. Thanks for what you're doing, my friend. Thank you, Scott. God bless you. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. And uh, we are talking about uh, the election coming up and two different propositions on the ballot and some also some local ones in your city, a couple here in Los Angeles. And Prop 26 and 27 in particular have a feature in them. They're about legalizing sports gambling. 26 would legalize different kinds of gambling at tribal casinos, uh, dice games and roulette wheels, things like that, and also sports gambling and changes the rules for gambling also at racetracks. Proposition 27 would allow for gambling, um, sports betting across the state uh, via apps and different locations. And uh, it's a big deal. Both of those propositions promise to also, with some of the winnings, fund, not winnings for you, winnings for the uh, the gambling casino owners, which is a lot, which will be most of the uh, the money. Some of it, they say, will go to help homeless people in California and people in the who are mentally ill and uh, different things like that. We wanted to talk about that as we think about these things. My guest is Andy Bales. Andy Bales is the CEO and executive director of the Union Rescue Mission here in Los Angeles. Andy, welcome to Southern California Live. It is great to have you with us, Andy. Thank you, Scott. Look forward to spending time with you soon at Thanksgiving. Yes, I'm going to be out there with you in person at the rescue mission here in a couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to that. Hey, uh, yes, t- yeah, tell us some about the uh, rescue mission. How are things going uh, right now for uh, in, in the neighborhood? So the rescue mission is uh, downtown Skid Row. There was a, a, you know, there's a lot of terrible things going on other than just the homelessness and the drugs. Homeless people are, are often victims of some of the worst violence uh, and things. There was a murder just last night right there uh, on there. Tell us a, yeah. about that. Yeah, shooting probably two blocks from the mission at the local store. Yeah. And uh, it, it's unfortunate because uh, we have, we live or we work in the Skid Row area, the most violent, dangerous neighborhood in the U.S., according to Forbes magazine. Yes. And numbers two and three on that top ten are adjacent to Skid Row. And it's only getting worse. It's only getting more violent, more addicted, more more struggles than we've ever seen. Uh, we at Union Rescue Mission are, are holding up and doing as well as we can. Uh, but I can tell you we're overwhelmed with families in need coming to our door. We've never had as many kids as we have right now, 449 total at three different sites, including downtown. Mm. And we've never had as many families. We have about 213 seniors in all. So we are, we are always working to welcome everybody who comes and, and it's very difficult times. It's a, I think most people would agree that we have not seen homelessness and the things that are often related to it. Uh, the, the drug addiction, especially, and the violence, uh, I've never seen it in uh, in my life. You've been there for, uh, what, 35 years at the rescue mission? Well, in this work for 36 years, but doing uh, work, working directly at Union Rescue Mission going on 18. And I can tell you, it it's always been a rough neighborhood. We've never had the number of shootings and stabbings and, and all-out assaults 
and used to be people came pretty beat up and came to the mission for aid. But now when they show up, they're, they're nearly beat to death. They're, when they get mm-hmm. robbed, they're nearly always beat beyond uh, almost recognition. It's, it's, a, it's a different world out there, more violent. And, you know, it's all backed by cartels, uh, uh, gangs who inflict violence most often, all backed by cartels. And um, people are, people are uh, suffering more than ever. For, uh, murders of homeless people in L.A. are up 47 percent over last year, if wow. you can imagine that. That's a that's an incredible an incredible number. Why do you think that's happening? Why is it getting worse? The cartels have been involved for a long time. There's always been some violence. Why is it, in your view, is it getting worse? Well, meth is the uh, drug of choice, and as if that wasn't addictive enough and destructive enough, the cartels have uh, hired a genius. They, they call him the brain to create um, fentanyl, which has been added to the meth, making it even stronger and there are all kinds of turf wars and battles and and uh people are more violent people people are mentally uh harmed by use of meth and it just adds to the tumult that we face every day have we changed our over time our approach to helping people who are addicted or are homeless for different reasons and, you know, have, have we changed that approach here in Los Angeles into a way, and I don't mean the rescue mission, but in general, there are a lot of, there's an awful lot of money going to uh, uh, homeless um, organizations and a lot of conversation about it. It keeps getting worse. Is this because of the method? Yes. Uh, we are following a harm reduction model, which means a harm enhancement model, in my opinion. The free flow of alcohol and hard drugs are welcomed into places that are built by our government. So, Scott, if you take any amount of HUD money, national money, state money, California's doubled down on housing first, the harm reduction model. If you take any of the county or city money, uh, you have to allow alcohol and drugs, hard drugs to flow freely. And more of those units are being added to Skid Row. And privately, when I meet with the my peers who run those agencies, they say we're living in chaos, but they're still taking the money and they're still building more units in, in an area that is too dense already. We have uh, 5,000 people on the streets, perhaps 12,000 in all struggling with homelessness in that area. And crime will just continue to, to skyrocket when you continue a a policy of corralling and containment uh, people who are challenged and addicted in one area. Uh, Union yeah. Rescue Mission hopes to decentralize services throughout L.A. County, and we hope to uh, regionalize services throughout L.A. County, decentralize uh, services on Skid Row, and we focus entirely on recovery and life transformation programs through the power of Christ. So we don't follow that model. And yet we're at capacity all the time. People want to come in and have a sober, safe living environment. And that's that's the model we believe in. Tell us, um, you know, some stories about 
people who come in and uh, and they recover. I mean, isn't isn't that one of the biggest differences between what the Union Rescue Mission does and what this harm reduction philosophy that the the city is uh, is doing is that you're going to have a lot more stories of recovery. Yes, 25% of our staff are former guests who've recovered mm. and had a total transformation of their life. Uh, the latest one was Raphael, who came in with four kids and uh, tested positive for meth. And instead of running or uh, getting upset and storming out, he actually entered our men's recovery program while his family stayed at Union Rescue Mission. And he... Uh, not only graduated, but recovered from his addiction, and now he's volunteering at Union Rescue Mission, and he says that he was not uh, familiar with God at all, and now he knows he's, he's given his life to God. And I could, I could tell you uh, not hundreds of those stories, but thousands of those stories. Uh, Jody, who is living in a uh, public storage unit, uh, had... Uh, inflicted damage on her own son by using and introducing her son to drugs. But uh, she came into Union Rescue Mission, uh, turned her life around, and graduated from our women's recovery program. And the, uh, the other night, she graduated from our Damascus Road recovery program. And the next day, her son graduated from the Dream Center. So Jody now works for us and is helping other uh, ladies in in the same spot she was in when she came in. You know, I I know that that working with the homeless is very difficult. There's a lot of stories that don't turn out. um, But part of what you do at the Union Rescue Mission, which uh, listeners can find at URM.org, URM.org, part of what you do at the Union Rescue Mission is you do work toward recovery and Christ-centered recovery, and that is the major difference between what you're doing, and some other Christian organizations do that as well, and the the harm reduction plans that are being funded by the state, which it seems to me, the way I look at it is, they're not about recovery, they're just about doing drugs in a more safer safe way, would be the the approach. Is, yes, is that a fair over, way to look at it? Over their heads. Yeah, with a roof over their heads, but it actually brings the dangers of the streets right inside of the buildings and and the villages that are built. And I believe in a very quick shelter followed by innovative housing and recovery communities. Build innovative housing inside, like mobile homes, container homes, 3D-printed concrete homes, uh, other uh, homes but build them in a recovery community and give people a chance to, to recover. Uh, and I can tell you about a group that took some of the city money, yeah. didn't know quite what they were doing, and uh, pretty soon they used to include a Bible in their welcome uh, bag that they gave guests. Well, the city said, you got to take those Bibles out of the bag. And I say, why would you give up the power of Christ to transform lives for any amount of money. Yes. Uh, you, you give up the power of God to swoop down and resurrect Jesus back to life. Uh, and, and he can do that with our guests, right? Living, living and, and struggling in life. He can swoop down and save any of us with the resurrection power of Christ. And we shouldn't give up that opportunity for any amount of money. 
You're absolutely right. We've talked we talk about homelessness a lot on our program and how much money is going to it. And Andy, I got to take a break in a minute. Are you able to stay with us through the break? Absolutely. I yeah. need to still answer. Questions yeah, I want to get. I want to get your thoughts about the propositions when we get back, because Proposition 27 especially is uh, promising a lot of money for a homeless outreach. And I want to get what your thought or homeless help and uh, 26 for for uh, mental illness help. And there's other local things on the ballot uh, that I want to get your opinion on. So we'll do that as soon as we come back. My guest is Andy Bales. He is the president CEO of the Union Rescue Mission in Los Angeles. And uh, when we come back, we're going to really help you out, I think, with some things that are on your ballot right now um, in California. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back with Andy Bales as the Monday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. We are talking about the election and a couple of propositions on the ballot, Props 26 and 27, that would uh, begin sports gambling, legalize it in California. They do a few other different things. But part of the promise of those propositions is that they would provide funding because of all the gambling losses from people who will play and lose their money. Uh, that it would actually help homeless people and help people who are mentally ill. With me is Andy Bales. He's the president and CEO of the uh, Union Rescue Mission. He's also the host of Amazing Stories from Skid Row. You can listen to that program every day at 930 if you're in Los Angeles at KKLA, or you can listen from anywhere if you go to urm.org, urm.org. You can find it on that website there. And uh, that's also the Union Rescue Mission website. Andy, uh, tell us about these propositions. Are they going to help the homeless people in California or uh, or not? What do you think? No, and I'm glad you said some of the money may go to right. homeless, right? Yeah. Because that's uh, it's a real misnomer. It's disingenuous to say that Prop 27 will address homelessness when uh, I understand 10, 90% of the money will go to out-of-state gambling uh, execs and others, gaming officials. 10% will go uh, toward probably whatever's left from 10% from administration and things will go toward homelessness. But 85% of the uh, agencies that are going to benefit from uh, the, the 10% of the homeless funds are, are actually being funded now by $7.6 billion from the state. So, so they're going to receive extra help from this 27 uh when they're already getting billions of dollars. And and by the way, those billions of dollars are being misspent on the harm reduction housing first model that I described to you. So I hope that's not too confusing, but very little of the money is going to uh, assist with addiction and, and mental health and, and uh, housing. But uh, the part that is, those agencies are already being helped a lot by the state. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we hear this about the homeless, and oh, $500 million, I read, uh, might be going to help uh, the homeless. There's a couple of things wrong. A lot of it, you said, like, you're, and you're right, it goes to administrative costs. You know, half the money from the lottery is supposed to go to the schools, but when you break it down, it's about 1.5% actually goes to the students uh, in the classroom. Yeah, and I'm not, certain, I'm not certain, but I think that, 
I think that, you know, they're, they're expecting 500 million to turn out from this each year. And again, I want to emphasize 90% of the money is going to go to out of state gaming officials. That's right. Uh, which is the biggest challenge. And, and, uh, I don't know if you have any other questions about this, but I, I have more to say about overall, uh, and Prop 26. Yeah, well, let's hear. Let's talk about that because I think people need to know overall. Before the break, we talked about that the harm reduction philosophy is being used by California, and it's the idea that we we create clean or safer environments for people to get high if they want to, basically, and we're reducing harm. It's not working. We'll just keep it. It, it doesn't work. It's also not what the rescue mission does. The rescue mission is concerned about recovery, and in particular, recovery uh, through the gospel, and it works. Um, and uh, you don't get any of this money. The rescue mission wouldn't get any of this money anyway because you are a Christian organization. You give Bibles, and you don't participate in the harm reduction philosophy. Is that correct? That is correct. And uh, overall, I just want to say gambling used to be considered a vice in the Christian world, and unfortunately, uh, lots of Christians are gambling today, and, and I'm from a background that just says, that's not wise. I don't know if I've ever met an owner of a casino or a casino who has lost everything or has been devastated by a gambling addiction, but I have met many individuals on the streets walking into Union Rescue Mission for help, and even when I worked at Lake Avenue Church, who came to me destroyed by gambling and their addiction to gambling. So we deal with all kinds of addictions, and gambling is is a big one. Uh, the house always comes out the winner. Uh, Proverbs twenty eight nineteen says, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. Yeah. Uh, also, First Timothy, I'll just read one more verse, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless, harmful desires that plunge people into hurt, ruin, and destruction, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And I have I have more voice, uh, more verses, but I, I want to tell you, particularly on 26, it's trying to rev up, bring back uh, racing. Right, this as, Prop 26. And that lifestyle is, is dying out. I mean, horse racing is losing its popularity. And uh, I got to tell you about one guy. He he used to come to me and say, Andy, I'm an expert gambler. And this is a guy who's homeless on the street. He says, if you will just spot me $300, uh, I can go make a comeback. And I said, help me understand this, Jess. Uh, you want, you've lost everything to gambling, but you want me to give you a $300 uh, loan so you can go back and and get back on your feet through gambling. That doesn't make sense. He actually was angry with me that I didn't trust him, that he couldn't turn that $300 around and be successful because he was an expert gambler. Right. That's the kind of thing uh, that's hard to understand, but that that's what's happening. So why would you do a 26 as a failed attempt to save horse racing and and uh, bring more people into tribal casinos. Twenty six is failing because its backers have spent all their money on resources opposing 
Prop 27. Right. 20. Sorry, Handy. I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about what you're doing at the rescue mission before we run out of time. I think the basic idea is that Props 26 and 27, they are about gambling. They're not about helping the homeless or mentally ill or other things. They are about gambling in California. And yeah, that's why $470 million has been spent on promoting two disingenuous propositions. Uh, right. It, it's been... It's been wrongly presented, and both are losing, by the way, and I hope they continue That's to what I hear. I'm surprised lose. at that, but grateful about that. I want to make sure we talk about the rescue mission and how people can connect with you and some things going on. One other thing that's happening locally is the, the measure ULA, United to House LA. Is that a good thing for the homeless, or does that fall into the same category of helping the same programs that don't work? So it's the same programs that uh, are carrying out the harm reduction model. Yeah. The units that they're going to build are too expensive, too slow to develop. So it'll take nearly four years to develop a unit. Uh, ULA won't even kick in until next spring, and then it'll take four years to develop. We need immediate, uh, urgent shelter, 24-7 shelter, and then it needs to be followed by innovative, immediate, affordable housing that I described earlier, the mobile homes, the container homes, yep. 3D printed homes, and, and more. Oh, uh, but oh. uh, but say, no, say no to ULA. I, people are shocked that I've been saying no to ULA, but it's more, uh, it's another billion in taxes, and don't fall for the fact that uh, they're saying that it's only for uh, rich people. It's only picking on the mansions. It will affect everybody, especially ULA and and the the extra measure SP that goes with it. Right. Those taxes will be raised on all of it. Yeah, people need to look at the uh, the fine print and these things often have the the opposite effect uh, is what they're saying. Um my guest is Andy Bales, he's the president and CEO of of the Union Rescue Mission in Los Angeles. Let's talk about Thanksgiving's coming up. How can people uh, connect? What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? I will have you on the air. I'll be with you actually in a couple of weeks talking about that before Thanksgiving. How can people connect with you in a ministry that really is helping people recover from addictions and homelessness? Well, you are uh, going to be there on Friday while we're deep frying turkeys for up to 24 hours. Uh, It'll go on into the night after our show, uh, your show at our place. But uh, we're going to need volunteers for that. Volunteers are starting to come back. We need volunteers to help us deep fry. We need volunteers to help us set up the uh, cafeteria to be like grandma's house at Thanksgiving after we're done with the uh, show. And uh, we need people helping in the kitchen. We need help uh, in in the kids area. We need help in the dessert area, which will be in another mm. part of the mission. Uh, that's on Saturday. And Saturday, uh, Saturday what day? Uh, yeah, Saturday, the, uh, I think we're, we're in uh, 18th. So I think Saturday the 19th. Yes. Uh, forgive me. I'm, I'm, if I'm a day off, but I think that's right. Uh, we'll serve from 11 a.m. until we uh, run out of guests, and we'll we'll feed people twice if we need to if if they're hungry, and uh, that kicks off a Thanksgiving week of festivities. We have uh, we have Thanksgiving Day meal again uh, at the mission on Thursday. We also have one at the Angelus House yeah. with. Uh, 86 families, and we also have one at Hope Gardens on Thanksgiving Day, 
uh, where we we also Andy, have. I'm almost. I'm about out of time, and it's a hard break. People can connect and volunteer by going to urm.org. Urm.org. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes. All right, Thank Andy. You. Thank you very much for joining us on our program. I'm sorry. To, uh, there's so much more we can talk about. So we're going to have you on. We'll be together here in a couple of weeks, and it matters a lot. And uh, I really appreciate all the work that you are doing and the great things that U- Union Rescue Mission is doing here in Los Angeles. Thank you, sir. Thank you for joining us. Andy Bales, he's the CEO and president of Union Rescue Mission. He also has a program right here on KKLA, which you can find. It's called Amazing Stories from Skid Row. You can learn more about the rescue mission, volunteer, and donate by going to urm.org, urm.org. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.